down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. Go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for one dollar a month for six months uh i'm slammed through and i just want to tell you that i'm feeling fired up to be here today but i gotta say i'm just fired okay. up to be here today it's pretty cool pretty damn cool <laughs> slam through and taylor yeah see there's no place i come there's no place i dorothy home. from yeah, wizard of oz see? The Wizard of Oz. Done in the voice of what, James Cagney or something uh, like that? I don't know. I don't know. Just that, that type of person. Um, yep. So you almost got it, Andrew. I was really close that yeah. time. Uh, well, I started with her solo project, Dorothy. Yes, Dorothy. Dorothy. <laughs> the spinoff. The spinoff. <laughs> Not quite as successful. Yeah. Speaking and, of, did y'all watch the... And Jay. It's Jay. Did you watch the... Uh, oh, what was the name of that movie? Was it Return to Oz? They kind of did like this. The cartoon? No, 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 no. I'll have to look it up. Maybe it was just called Oz. No, that was a the James Franco. Anyway. Oh, that was a reality There's TV this show on MTV about the Oz second version of The Wizard of Oz. And these yeah. dudes like roll on their arms and stuff. I'll look it up. I'll send it out. But we were just talking about, <laughs> we were just talking about music, man. Wow. We this were. music pod. We were talking yep. about music. We were just talking about some, um, some winter, perfect winter albums. Yeah. Today it's cold in Oklahoma. It's cold. It's a cold day. It's cold everywhere. It was not cold on Wednesday with the heat in town, though. Oh, wow. Man, that's a good one. And, yeah, uh, a good one. <laughs> it's also not cold when it comes to people's feelings about officiating. Yeah. What did you guys think about that? So the, the end of the game, the first of all, what a shot from Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is on one. He had a career-high 35 points in Oklahoma City on Wednesday. Last night, career-high 42 points. Mm-hmm. Last night against the Rockets. He's on a little little tour of tanking teams and just torching them. Hero hit that shot. That torching was, tanking teams. Torching tanking teams. That was a great shot from Hero mm-hmm. because I thought Wiggins defended it really well. You yeah. know, They switched it. They were planning to switch. Dort said that after the game that they were planning to to switch that anyways. And so I thought Wiggins did great, and he just made a great shot. Hero was the reason that the Thunder lost. I mean, if you look at – go to that box score, and you can see it. I mean, in the game, it's all Hero. But then you go to the box score, and it's like, man, if he just wasn't – if he was just normal Tyler Hero, we win that game. Is this not normal Tyler Hero? Hero? No, he's had two career highs. So this is the best. He had never scored 35 points in a game yeah, that's, before. That surprised me. Maybe what I was saying is maybe this is the new normal. The new normal. Maybe Whoa. this is where he. It does help that he the played really need the that. Rockets in the Thunder. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I'll I tell you, it was. I, I don't get really. Like, especially on that last play, is like. 
That's such a bang bang play. I don't think, and I hate two minute reports. We've talked about that before. Like, mm-hmm. what's even the point of it? Uh, but the the shot that Shea had, I get it, man. Like he contacted his hand. It probably impacted the shot. But man, if if the Thunder were playing defense and they would have gotten called with that foul, you'd have been like, "Come on!" I know. Yeah. Well, been, well, cr- it did we happen did with the Brook Lopez, exactly. Yeah, which was a more blatant foul, in my opinion, than the one that happened to Shea. The giddy yeah. one underneath the basket, I mean, nobody is going to yeah, call yeah, that. Yeah. You can't call that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wasn't as upset about that. The one that was frustrating to me was, and I don't know, the NBA, I, I, I get that this probably opens a can of worms, but when you are able to review a out-of-bounds call and you're watching the clip to establish who is the last person to touch it, and you see two defenders slap the arms of the offensive player, I think not only can you... Yes, it was off of Shea Gilgis-Alexander, but also we're going to call a foul on Kyle Lowry, mm-hmm. you know, for yeah, hitting... Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like... I remember this vividly whenever it was the that Clippers playoff game that happened here where it's like the ball probably did go off of Reggie Jackson... But at the same time, Matt Barnes, I think, was who it was, like yeah. fouled him yeah. to make that happen. And right. I was like, it's like hand if is you're part of review, the ball, it's like all if you're going to review yeah. the out of bounds, like go ahead and give them the space to call, which would make you a little more probably slow to challenge out of bounds calls. Because I'm like, clearly on that play where Shea lost the ball out of bounds, he was fouled twice on that play. You can challenge, and they will go back and review the whole thing and not just the out of bounds. Okay, so, so that so only they, happens so if you challenge, though. If only it's if just not, an instant review. If it's just a review, it's just about out of bounds. If you challenge it, they, they can, can go back and, thing. Okay. and make the exact right call. Was that not a challenge, though, by Spolstra? It was a challenge, actually. But why wouldn't they have... I don't understand. I don't know. Because Spolster challenged it. So they yeah, I wonder, it. like, does it ha- who slow. has to initiate? Yeah. What are you challenging? That would be, like, funny, though, if the, co- like, Spolster challenges it and they're like, okay, yeah, you're actually wrong. Yeah. I mean, they, or not, not just, they probably could not have. only are you wrong and this play's going to stand as it was called, mm-hmm. but there was a foul from your team mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, that would be kind of strange. I wonder if they do. That was a big play. Like, it was, was a, a big play. play. It was later it was, in the game, probably a minute left, I guess. But Yeah, it was crucial. So I saw a tweet from Nate Jones. He retweeted the Mark Dagnall talking about the refs. After yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, well, what do you expect when you're a team that's been tanking like you have the last two years? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is that supposed to mean? So I went in the comments, and I guess he explained it. And he said, you know, Tom Haverstrow talked about this too, that mm-hmm. the NBA does kind of assign, they don't assign their best uh, refs, their best team, like, what's the word? Yeah, you're right. The best crew. The best crew for yeah. at games that aren't the best games or the games that need the best officiating. It's not even, so the way I looked at it, and, and maybe I'm wrong about, is it's not even the best games. Like, it's not the highest quality game. It's the most visible game. Yeah, it's it's what mm. people. So the care warriors, about. the yeah. warriors get Great. all of the best crews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you go down and you look at the bottom five, and it really is. It's Orlando, it's Detroit, it's Houston, mm. even it's Lakers City, get it's San Antonio. Good crews. Yeah, Lakers get good crews yeah. because of visibility. Yeah, 
Because the P and that's a PR move, honestly. Like I think there's a quality to it to where obviously when you get to the playoffs and big games like that, it matters. But yeah. it's a PR thing where you yeah. want your. I mean, it honestly it does not bother me. It doesn't bother me. And either, I appreciated though. what Mark said. Like, hey, they missed calls, but I'll take this crew because Ed Malloy, I think, is the one that he's mm-hmm. like one of the three refs that I recognize. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we'll take this crew even with the mistakes. Yeah. Mm. So I was like, I probably disagree with that, but that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> But that did, you know, it bothered me at first when I read that. I was like, oh, my God, everyone hates little Casey. Wah, wah, wah. Then I thought about it and it's like, okay, if you do have to assign crews like that. I mean, when we had Paul George and Russ and Melo, I bet you had we had great crews yep. that year. Yeah. You yep. know, because yeah. people cared about the Thunder. And, like, you have to. Well, and there's higher stakes for teams that have those yes. players. And you have to you have to do something with, like, your less experienced officials. Right. And you don't want to put them on national television, making mistakes out there. Mm-hmm. you know, Because there's been games this year that you watch the Thunder and you're like, oh, there's one in particular. I can't remember who they were playing, but there was one game where it was just like, was oh, my gosh. And they had a crew, and I said it on the podcast. I was like, I didn't recognize any of those refs. Yeah, and it's like, oh, my gosh, they don't know what they're doing. They mm-hmm. don't know the rules. They reviewed like six plays in yeah. the last three minutes, and yeah. it was rough. I can't remember what game that was either, but yeah, and that's – Here's the here's the only thing I would say as far as like people who are up in arms about that, which I don't know how many people maybe really are, but <coughs> what do you the only way those refs are going to get better is with experience. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the way the NBA is going to help them figure out cuz some of these refs may take the next step and may become somebody who is the Edmund Lloyds or the Tony Brothers or the mm-hmm. yeah. That's about it. That's all I got. The guys uh, that are crooked and get paid under the table. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. How do you get to that point Right. if you don't start somewhere else? You mm-hmm. know? Exactly. Got to start from the bottom to get the big bucks. But I did think, I mean, I thought that Heat game was, I mean, I don't know. It's fun. I'll yeah. take that. Well, I mean, the Thunder shot 50%. The Heat shot 43%. And the biggest difference there and why the Heat won is the Heat shot 56 threes to the Thunder's 24 Holy, it's a math problem. We have a math problem here. Fifty-six at what? Do you have their total field goals up there? Fifty-six of eighty-six. Oh my god! Yeah. So. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, it's a. That's a that's a math problem that you have, and they shot forty-two percent. That's like really good, but you make. I mean, they made twenty-four threes. They made the exact number of threes that the Thunder attempted. In that game, and that's how you lose. Like by, that's by only two points. Yeah, and the Thunder. This was the first game the Thunder have lost when they're shooting fifty percent or better. The Thunder win every game they they shoot fifty mm-hmm. percent or better, except for this one. In part because the Heat were able to shoot fifty six threes. Well, 56. actually, six. You know what that tells me? Heat aren't even that good then. They're really not. If they have to have, I mean, a they're game not even like five hundred. They're fourteen and fifteen on the season. Yeah, they're, oh, well, yeah. They're we not knew that. They're yeah. not fun. They're not that good. Yeah, I do not like watching that team. But and then like points in the paint, the Thunder had sixty points in the paint. Mm-hmm. The Heat had twenty. I mean, it makes you're sense. trading twos for threes, and, and we even won. If bam. Make, even if you make half of them in a game where you make half your shots. You're almost always going to win. Mm-hmm. So the line for this is just for you. I know this is kind of enjoyable. The line for that game, mm-hmm. Miami by two and a half. 
Oh, man. They win by two. Yeah, that's rough. Is that a bad beat? Yeah, it's a bad beat. Especially the way that it happened. Yeah. You're on pins and needles. Yeah, that's tough. And the over-under was 225.5. And the total combined score was 220. Vegas doesn't lose, man. Vegas doesn't lose. Wow. They're amazing. So let me ask some questions. They somehow know Tyler Giro is going to have a career high every time. (laughs) Let me ask you some questions. (laughs) Going back to what, in my opinion, is the consistent frustration for me, Mm -hmm. but I think many in the fan base, the rotations Mm -hmm. in this game in particular. Wait a second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You said Miami was... Plus two and a half or minus, minus two and a half. Oh, okay. So we w- you would have covered if you took if you took that. Okay. So that's not a bad beat. That's a good. That's a good four and a half. That's a win. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. See, that's what I'm saying. Just wanted to clear that up, yeah. man. I didn't want the gamblers on us. I, in general. Yeah. In general. So you look at some of the minute distribution. Mm-hmm. Poku only played eight minutes. Man played five. Yeah. Wiggins got 25. He actually kind of shortened the rotation more than he normally does. There was only eight players that got over double-digit minutes, and Mascala only broke that by one minute. I mean, he got 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, he played guys for the most part that you're like, yeah, okay, if you're trying to win games, like you're kind of playing the guys that you should with like Isaiah Joe off the bench playing a good chunk of minutes and Wiggins playing the most that he has in forever, it feels like. Yeah, and Baisley playing. I mean... Baisley was really good. Yeah. I, I wonder... How much Isaiah Joe listened to the Wednesday podcast and then took that inflated ego into yeah. the game. And then Cause didn't y'all talk pretty glowingly about Isaiah oh, Joe? Yeah. The oh, yeah. So he was 05. Isaiah, 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 Isaiah Glow. Isaiah Glow. Hey, that's good. Put Glow on your jersey. Yeah. Idiot. And then obviously, like, this has been talked about, but this is the same week that they played the Mavericks. This is the same week, you know, like they've the Thunder on a little three game losing streak, which kind of feels like what they're going to do. Yeah. Kind of for the whole season is they'll win two or three in a row and they're going to lose two or three in a row and they're going to win two or three in a row and they're going to hover right around kind of where they are until the all star break. That's my assumption, at least. Mm-hmm. Because they lost to the Grizzlies, who apparently are the best team in the NBA right now. They lost four in a row. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But all very competitive games. Except for the Grizzlies won as far as final score, but they yeah. were in it all the way to the fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, under 10 besides the Grizzlies game, which they lost by 21. I mean, the Grizzlies yeah. did just beat the Bucks by like 55 points last night or something. The Grizzlies are really, really good. Mm-hmm. I would love... Oh, my <laughs> God. Even Grizzlies, Grizzlies-Pelicans playoff series. It'd be really fun. I think the Grizzlies are a lot better than the Pelicans. You so. think so, really? Yes. I don't yes. know about that. I don't know. Wait, yes. we'll see. Hater. Maybe we'll see. Hater. Pelicans yeah. hater. I like the Pels. I just think the Grizzlies are a lot better. Yeah, it's hard. Like last night, the Grizzlies the Grizzlies beat the Bucks by 41, and then the Pelicans lost to the Jazz by three. Mm-hmm. But no Brandon Ingram yet. Mm-hmm. No Bane, though. And no Bane still? Yeah. I mean, they, have, they don't have Bane for another like two or three weeks. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty impressive. Yeah. No Bane. <laughs> I know. They haven't had Bane for a long time. And they're number one in the West. Man. But the uh, Pelicans have games like that, too. 
No B.I. against the Suns? Yeah, I mean, the Suns. The Suns are on one right now. And by mm-hmm. on one, I mean off one. Off one. <laughs> off yeah, they're four and six in their last ten. They stink right now. I know they won last night, but they they stink right now. Like I don't uh, that team. I'd be I'd be pretty I'd be pretty scared if I were a Suns fan. I think we were were we texting about Chris Paul and how there seems to be a two year window with Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on pretty much. Yeah. yeah, and then once you get past that two year window, it's just classic, classic Chris Paul team. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, I I don't know. I don't believe in that Phoenix team at all. Guys, yesterday, yesterday was the day. December fifteenth. Yeah, it was like eighty five percent of the league became eligible for trades, and no one did a thing. Not one thing. No, everybody's like, well, which is sh- a challenge because I'm trying to I'm trying to to lessen my Twitter exposure. Yeah, I'm kind of doing that naturally. I found, and so there's going to be yeah. It just became habit to me. Yeah, where just don't have anything to do. Pull your phone out, scroll around, check out everything, put it back up. Mm-hmm. But notifications. Right for the last decade, I've had Woj notifications and Shams mm-hmm. notifications. Mm-hmm. So if trades happen, we're gonna have to find out the old-fashioned way. Uh, newspaper, newspaper release yeah. the next day. Yep. <laughs> I remember looking at the newspaper. Telegraphs. I remember looking at the newspaper as like a high schooler for like free agency news. Mm. Yeah, you know, I did that. I also I would follow like I I as a high schooler would pick the paper up and like read the sports page yeah i mean definitely yeah well you also used to get a little bit after that but we used to watch sports center oh sports center was like a way to figure out if a trade happened yes there used to be like breaking news on sports center and that's where you would see it first yeah or i'd watch like nba tv espn yeah Yeah. you're like how did like it things have changed so much like twitter will 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 always be that for Mm. the nba but it's just it's weird to think about. But what if it isn't? Yeah, not always. What's next? I don't know, man. Discord? The down to dunk. You have to be on a very specific Alex, Discord server. Alex is all over that Discord. I know. Awesome. I need to text him. I've tried. I'm, I'm going to get on. I don't know how to use it. You don't know how to use it? Like, I can get on there, but I don't know, like, where's everyone talking? There's so many different There are, like, boards. eight threads yeah, that threads. are going on. I don't they have game day called. threads. They have week <laughs> threads, like. It is a little challenging. We're trying. Yeah, I think I'm going to start getting on there. It's it's pretty good. Like yeah. I said, Alex is is kind of leading that charge. Oh, thank you, Big Al. It's great. Thanks, Big Al. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what's see? next. <laughs> yeah, yes. thank you, Alex, on the Discord. Yeah, I, I don't know what's next because... Where like, is everybody? The way that Twitter is set up is just perfect for like news, right? Mm-hmm. Like Reddit's really not set up that way because like you have to like make a post and right like is shams gonna go on there and make a post on reddit no it'd have to be like instagram or something but still but then like are you just waiting on your instagram feed to I see know. a shams photo it's terrible and you can't trust it because it's not like so on twitter nothing is in that like the actual timeline anymore or when it's tweeted but yeah. you can see it because of all the rts and stuff like that yeah right? instagram i mean you can like set that. it up where you can have latest tweets i don't know how to do that i'm so little, little stars up in the top right maybe you just show me later yeah i'll show you let me do thank it for, you let me do it for him. um anyway that's our 
That's our Twitter conversation. So they're on this homestand that I think will determine a lot of how quickly do we get to games that don't matter, you know? Mm. And I'm just curious. Every game matters. Yeah, Andrew. Andrew. Gosh, man. How this will go. They play the Timberwolves tonight. Yeah. That game doesn't matter. When? (laughs) How are we playing the Timberwolves again? They've played all four of their games in the first two months. Fourth time. I know. That's what I said. Like, I don't... I'm going to the game. A part of me is like, man, I don't really care about this one at all. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would guess that they'll win this game against the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves have been less than impressive as of late. They've lost three in a row. They've lost two to the Blazers. They lost to the Clippers. But also, like, maybe they're, maybe they, maybe they need to uh, rectify that situation with all the losses and win one in OKC. Mm. I don't know. Without, but without, can Jer- they choose something like that, though? It's like, I don't know. A team has to have chemistry and, and be able to play together to make <sighs> decisions like that, you know? Can it, the Canton A team with Rudy Gobert on it have chemistry? No. It doesn't seem possible. It does really it? doesn't. Yeah, like they, you had Donovan. The, the Jazz had Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. Like these great personalities and mm-hmm. guys from mm-hmm. everything that you know and hear, talented. And then you throw Rudy Gobert in there, and it's like <sighs> not all of them hate basketball. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and they made a huge miscalculation. The Wolves did a huge miscalculation on this because you already have Cat. Things are already pretty difficult to have good chemistry when you have Carl Anthony Towns on your team. Mm-hmm. And then you just added the worst guy yeah. for chemistry. And you have Edwards, who's like obviously a very overly confident oh, yeah. young he's, man. Yeah. He's very good. He's very talented. Yeah. And he gets frustrated, and he's pretty open about it. Yep. His body language is terrible in the game. Yep. Yeah, I'm... I'm intrigued by the matchup tonight. I mean, the Thunder have way better vibes. We're talking about vibes. Oh, yeah. We're just talking vibes. I wonder if it's Poku that starts tonight or if Baisley gets another chance to start. I think Jeremiah is like kind of crucial in guarding Rudy just because he's the stronger of all those guys. Well, and he's gotten the reps. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he knows Seriously. all his tendencies yeah, now. Like you've had basically a playoff series worth of learning how to play Rudy Gobert. Yeah. How long did they have we do we have a timeline for Jerry? Weeks, not days. Okay. I mean from what I I mean that, it that looks spring really looked pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Mark said. He and called then, he called it he called the, the sprain impressive. Oh. Impressive. Yeah. Sounds like an old man complimenting yeah. the injury. I know, and the Usman's out for a while too, right? Uzi's Broke a, a bone in his wrist. Yeah, Might same well just, wrist, different bone. Might as well just call it a season. Might as well feel really weird about it. Mm. Oh, really? <laughs> I feel weird about it. It's like the same wrist. Yeah, and they say it's not related to the injury that he had over the summer. It's just weird. Such a fragile wrist. I don't like that. Yeah, it seems problematic for the uh, long-term projections of his career. Hard to shoot a basketball without a wrist. That's true. You know, I've broken three bones all in the same arm. Is that true? Yes. Which one? My left. Left, elbow, collarbone. Doing what? Boarding? All sorts of stuff, man. Rollerblading, jumping from bed to bed, missing a bed. 
and then being thrown into a couch but hit the bottom of the couch because I'm a child being thrown by another child, so not strong enough to actually throw me. (laughs) (laughs) So just basically shoving me as hard as they can (laughs) into like the wooden part of the base of the... (laughs) I've broken one bone. No, two bones. I broke my foot and then I broke my arm. You're welcome. You're welcome, podcast listeners. I I like casts, you know. Breaking your toes are are the worst. I've broken my toes twice. My Mm. pinkies twice. Nothing you can do about it. No. Just in pain. But at least when you break your arm or something, you get a cast. And like, that's kind of cool. That's the worst. I've never broken a bone. You will now. Get him! It's over. (laughs) 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 Uh, He has a non-displaced fracture. Do you guys know what that means? Nope. A non-displaced fracture means the pieces of your bone moved so much that a gap formed around the fracture when your bone broke. Non-displaced fractures are still broken bones. Or that's a displaced fracture. A non-dis- why, did, why did Google do this? That's a displaced fracture. A non-displaced fracture are still broken bones, but the pieces weren't moved far enough during the break to be out of alignment. Mm. So of we must course. have just experienced some pain, and they did an X-ray and found. And they saw a, a little crack. Yeah, that has to be it because they just called him up. They just called him up. He just played a great game. Great job, Usman. Mm-hmm. But he's got this fracture. I wonder. I don't know. I was talking conspiracy. Talking to conspiracy. <laughs> I just was talking to uh, an orthopedic surgeon recently about different Look injuries. Look at me, Louis. <laughs> And (laughs) (laughs) that's a worse look at me. (laughs) Talking to someone that works for their living. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And he was saying that a lot of times on MRIs that a something will look like a fracture. That's not really a fracture. Hmm. Like I was talking to him about Darius Baisley's fractured scapula. You guys remember that? Yeah. Or Baisley was out for a really long time, and it said, like, bruised something. Oh, yeah, But then yeah, came yeah. back and said, oh, I had a fracture. Yes, and we were like, that's so weird. Who's yeah. lying? Yeah, and yeah. he was like, it's, it, the, the likelihood of it actually being a fracture is so low. He's like, it probably was not a fracture. He said it may have shown up on the MRI. It's like a little bit of something, but he's like, those are not, reli- not that reliable. Hmm. So, so I, basically so I, was lying and being weird again. So I, I mean, his doctor may have said it was a fracture because that's how it read on the MRI. Hmm. But is it in actuality? Like maybe not. So I just wonder. I don't know. I don't know. I certainly don't know. But just an interesting thing. I thank ho- you. Hopefully he's okay. Thank you. And hopefully his wrist doesn't keep breaking every two months. So the <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> So the Thunder have, obviously, we'd mentioned that they're in this long homestand. So they play tonight against the Timberwolves, tomorrow night against the Grizzlies. Next week, they have that kind of, what do they call like a baseball-style back-to-back-ish. So they play the Trailblazers on Monday and Wednesday, both here at home, then the Pelicans, and then they finish this homestand with the uh, San Antonio Spurs. So looking ahead, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's... A total of six games. They're already 0 and two. Two. No, they're 0 and one in this homestand because it's only the the Heat oh, that's was right. the first one. Oh, that's right. So if you look at that, you're looking at six more games. A total of seven. What's your prediction for their total record? 
three and four. So three wins, one Portland, Minnesota, and San Antonio? Yeah, I think they'll beat Minnesota tonight and Portland once. And then, I mean, you got you got to beat the Spurs. You got to beat the Spurs. Oh, I'll be at that game. The Spurs are winning some games, though. Yeah. Still three and seven in the last ten, but they beat the Heat. They were going. They went on a stretch where they won nothing, and then they just all of a sudden won three in a row. Conspiracy, conspiracy. What's the conspiracy? I don't know. They're cheating. <laughs> They're cheating. That's the second time. Jay's just kind of thirsty for some conspiracy. He does. He wants some conspiracies. So I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Like Portland's pretty good. You can follow me on 4chan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. I don't know. <laughs> is that the right way to say like, it? Could you follow on 4chan? I don't. Know. I, don't I don't know. Don't know. Meet me on 4chan. Is. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they That's beat the Min- dark web. They beat Minnesota recently in Minnesota, one thirty-five, one twenty-eight, and then they beat Atlanta. Beating Atlanta seems less impressive now. Mm. Atlanta's just such a mess. Yeah, yeah, a couple weeks ago, I said, pull the lever. I, I like I Atlanta. They're good. I like them. They're not. No, they're not. I don't like them. No, they stink. Yeah. But yeah, Minnesota, Memphis, Portland, Portland, New Orleans, San Antonio. What do you think, Tayshawn? Oh, four and four. They're going to win an extra one in there somewhere. <laughs> I was going to say, there's not that many games. I don't know. I like uh, <laughs> I like three and four. It might three. be two and seven. Or two. <laughs> Wow! God, now they're playing nine. Or, yeah, they're playing nine in the next seven. We're, we're gonna have to do math lesson after this. <laughs> oh, I'm ca- I'm counting blue games. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so seven, two and five, two and five, two yeah. and five. I don't think they win tonight. I think we will be surprised by one team that they beat. Oh. And then. I just have a hard time seeing them beat Memphis or New Orleans. And you know what? I would have agreed with you if it were a month ago. Yeah, but don't forget because it that. does seem like in the last in the last two or three weeks, they do seem to just be losing the games to the teams that are going to be yeah, in the Memphis, playoffs. Cleveland, Dallas, Miami. Yeah, they they haven't really pulled out one of those wins that they were getting. And in Miami the was early a co- part like a season. coin toss. It was a great tank yeah. game. If like you're if you're into the tank, you're into this draft class. You were like, this is perfect. But like, also, this was it. Miami isn't like good, so that is a coin toss game. Yeah, anyway, no, it was great. Going into it, this is why it's great. Yeah, but they're a team that is attempting to be good. Yes, yes. But yeah, they're not. They're not the Pelicans. They're not the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. So even that Dallas game, right? If it were a month ago, I think they would have won that Dallas game just because that seemed to be the energy of like what was happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, Shea would have shot over fifty percent that game or something mm-hmm. a month ago. He's yeah, just kind of he's kind of in a in a shooting slump here, which is fine. It's it was not also that big of a deal. It was also a math problem game. He actually yeah, shot. He actually shot. I was about well. to say he was killer in that game. He shot really. Oh, well he was. In the, which yeah, one? In the shake. What am I getting it Dallas confused game. with? One right around there. Was it the Grizzlies game? It was a Grizzlies game. It's always the Grizzlies Grizzlies game. It's always an easy one to assume. Yeah. Yeah, In that game, Shea was 14 of 23. Yeah. Never mind. 42, two and three. Yeah, that was not the appropriate game. Never mind. No, I get what you're saying. They do feel, and I don't know, man. 54 threes in that game for the Mavs. In two two games, they've given up 110 threes. In oh. that in that Mavs game, we actually, I games. think, have a Twitter question about this. It was a math problem game too, because the Thunder shot forty seven percent to the Mavs forty one percent. Math. 
Yeah. yeah, so this is actually from at Zach. Oh, man, I don't want to mess this up. I want to say Tarones. <coughs> is it a schematic thing to overhelp in the lane and leave every shooter wide open? Or is it a young team making mistakes? Is it potentially a lever being pulled? Why are they defending this way to give up as many open threes as they do? I don't know. Are they trying to be like that Bucks team a few years ago? I don't. I mean, Mark's not working say out that. for him. I mean, they. You can't do that in this league. If you give up fifty threes a game, you're going to lose mm-hmm. so much. So it surely is just not closing out the way you're supposed to. Not being where your rotations are off or whatever. I mean, like look at the guys that took the most threes on the Mavs that night, like Dorian Finney-Smith, who like shoots corner threes exclusively, took eight threes. You don't want to give up eight corner threes to Dorian Finney-Smith. And a lot of those were open. I know. Tim Hardaway Jr., who's not had a great year, but still, he took 14 threes. 14. Yeah, but man, he was all, stroking. Spencer Dinwiddie took eight. Luca took 10. The only people that I remember being in the lane that game were Luca and Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. They're Din- the only guys that can Dinwiddie. dribble. They're the only two that can dribble on this team. Yeah. And you let everybody every, – that's what they do. Like, that's that's what's kind of confusing is, like, that's what the Mavs do mm-hmm. is it's Luka only, and everybody else spots up, and they just need to be ready. And you just give them all the time in the world. And, like, and still you – they had a chance to win that game. It's so funny how – It's like if you shut off that valve of threes, like, you might actually give yourself a chance because who else is driving? That's mm-hmm. what kind of drove me crazy about that game. Like, it's just Luka – and Luca's going to get his no matter what you do. Right. But then you you basically just say, hey, go ahead and do what you want to do, guys. Take your open threes. Take 54 of them. I know that there's like this uh, Twitter discourse about Luca and Harden and how they're like the same player, basically, mm-hmm. whatever. But it really is funny how... This Mavs team is almost exactly like one of those hardened Rockets teams. Yeah. Every, almost exactly. I mean, when you have a guy that's like that heliocentric, that's how you do it. It's like you just put three-point shooters out. Yeah, but it's but is that how you do it? Like, it almost feels like Kidd is four years late on this strategy. What else they, but what else are they supposed to do this year with the roster they have? Yeah, I, I, I get it. It's you just, know? Like they want to, they do want to change the roster over the next like couple of years, and they need to. Like they need, you know, they lost Brunson. They need another guy that can create next to Luca because he can't do it all by himself. Like he's he can't win a title like this. Well, and I and and I think they thought that Spencer was going to be one of those guys too. Yeah, but Spencer was on that team last year, and like they just had to bump him up, and yeah. now the guy who's taking his right. place is like Frank Nilakina. <laughs> like okay. <laughs> I mean, they've got problems, and they know. Like, this is a gap year for the Mavs in a lot of ways. Yeah, the Cleveland question that nobody is asking is, can the Mavericks afford a gap year? Are you wasting also, an MVP season? Why is Jason hey. Kidd your freaking head coach, man? Hey, man, he was good last year, people say. He I was. don't know really what coaches do in the NBA. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like everything Jason Kidd, every team Jason Kidd's on, you're like, why are you doing it like that? Yeah. I feel like he's done a good job with this Mavs team. 
Really? This roster is not. They've actually good. played quite a bit better this last week, but I was, I was listening to the Hoop Collective on my way in, and I didn't know that Maxi Kleber. Kleba? Kleba. 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 Uh, Kleba. Maybe out for the season. Tore his hamstring. Yeah, he's out indefinitely. So maybe his career. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Indefinitely. It could be. Could be forever. Could yeah. be weeks. His family hasn't seen him. He's just out. It's indefinite. <laughs> his family. That's a big okay. deal. Yeah. He's he's really important to them. I mean, hugely important for them. Yeah. Really, really good defender. Yeah. Great corner three-point shooter. So maybe they get Wimbanyana. Maybe they start the tank. Pull hey, some levers. Pull some levers. Uh, there's no lever to pull. I mean, it just have to be Luca. If Luca sat and it was the Frank mm-hmm. Nilakina show, then yep, yeah, you might get the number one pick. Yeah, but the Thunder also are going to be in position. I wonder if they actually pull levers and what that looks like, or if they'll just let this play out. Because I, th- I mean. I think they've shown through this many games, you know, they're seventh in the reverse standings right now. With a, I mean, the the Wizards are ahead of them right now in the reverse standings, and the Wizards stink, but they'll get better. You know, I, if the Thunder finish sixth in the reverse standings, you know, that doesn't seem crazy. So I just, if that's where they end up, I'm feeling pretty good. Because if you look at, the like where Shea is in the league or where people think he is in the league. And I think the ringer had him 12th overall. If you have a top 12 player on your team and you have a chance to draft in the top five again and you have Check. the number two pick coming in next year, like you're in really, really good shape. Yeah. You know, compared to all the, the rest of these teams. That might just happen though. Like just let it play out. It seems like they might stumble into that anyway. I know we were talking about they might stumble into a play-in game earlier yeah, in the season, that. but I don't think that's happening. It's not. Yeah, it's definitely not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's All like, I'm saying is don't pull the levers. That's what I'm saying. I'm tired of pulling levers. Just, just don't. Like, let it Just ride. Don't. Like, they're already seventh worst in the NBA. Well, I, th- I don't think that you pull levers anytime soon. No, I'm saying just don't, like... I think Alex is on to something. Maybe I'm crazy about this, but if Shea has a chance to make an all-NBA team, just to sit him for the sake of, man, I don't know, dude. Even for the last two weeks. That would be problematic. Well, two weeks, of course. Yeah, fine. Whatever. That's what what I would say. But two months? I don't know about two months. Three months? I mean, he'd have to have an injury. Andrew. What do you want, Andrew? He'd have have years. Well, I I want to get a great draft pick. That's what I want. They're probably going to get one anyway. Uh, (laughs) You don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know it. uh, the other end of it. They could fall to like eight or nine in the reverse standings. That's absolute purgatory. You don't want to be there. Come on. What? I mean, it's not you the say sweet that. spot, I, Jay. It's not the sweet spot. I understand spot. that. But what I'm trying to say is the fact that the Thunder have had what ultimately amounts to three top eight picks in the last five drafts. If you talk about Shea, Giddy, Chet. Yeah, guys that have gone like ninth. Like, I just don't want to pick ninth. You don't want Johnny Davis? I don't like, know where he was drafted, but. I mean, here's that. the guys that went ninth in the last several years. Sohan. Davion Mitchell, Denny Avdia, Rui Hachimura, Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith Jr. All right, enough. Jakob Pertle. Enough. Frank Kaminsky. Ooh, Jakob Pertle. Noah Vonley, Trey Burke. 
Mm, Andre Drummond. Kimball Walker is a good one. Gordon Hayward's a good one. DeMar DeRozan's a good one. That's a good stretch right there. He's, he's proven himself wrong. DJ also, he's like 20 years now. Yeah. Right now, the Thunder... Patrick O'Brien, Ike Diagu. <laughs> I don't even know. Right now, the name. Thunder are picking at seven, basically. And according to Tankathon, that's where Cam Whitmore. Hey, that's your man, there. Jay. But you also like at nine. Cam Whitmore will go way above seven. Yeah, like what? Like four, four, three. Yeah, four. There is no way he's going seventh. Whoa, man! There ain't no chance he's going seventh. That's the guy, though, Jay. That you you watch him and you're like, oh my gosh, that's what they're missing. Yeah, I know, dude. I yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Like this crazy. He's playing on a bad Villanova team. I've watched them a few times and it's college basketball sucks. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> like it's just hard to get any real evaluation of guys. And so if you watch them, you get frustrated because you're like, man, why aren't they somebody that's this highly touted should just be scoring thirty a game. Yeah. He's like a real shooter too. Yes. He, and he's he, an athlete to a level that the Thunder don't have. Yeah. They, and the thing that the Thunder want to do is they want to play fast. They oh, want to get man. up and down the court. Like, that's the guy. Like, that's the one you're missing. I'm this just is saying, go all in for Whitmore. Pull the le- You might have to pull levers to get Whitmore. No, though. you can get him at four. Yeah, but how are the Thunder going to get to four without pulling levers? Because they're, I mean, come on. They're trending that direction. That's what we always have to go back to. Is, all right, so who's... I don't know, four's pretty tough. Who's ahead of them in the reverse standings that your sure are going to be up there okay so you've got the lakers you got the bulls both trying to win at this point Rockets, spurs yeah trying to win but they stink Rockets, spurs orlando for sure yeah but i'm saying like if you're those teams i would assume that those teams are going to continue to finish above you've got Yeah, they probably will yeah but But how do you get to four if you're the but how do you get to four though you got got the rockets and the spurs i think the thunder will I, i think we're trying to acknowledge the fact that the thunder are trending downward yeah i think they are you know like they're trending downward and all it does take is a week or two where shay is out with the hamstring or whatever yeah and they're going to be right in the thick of it but they they will not be worse than the spurs the magic the pistons or the hornets or the rockets yeah yeah it's gonna be really hard to get in that top five so then you're gonna need lottery luck which is what they've needed from they need lottery luck. The beginning. Every year. Amon Thompson, too. I, he, I don't, he yeah. didn't exactly fit what... It's the, the fit is not as seamless as like a Cam Whitmore. But the kind of athlete that he is, it's insane. The, sh- the shooting stuff scares me. But like he is a... He could enter the league and be like a top five athlete. Yeah, immediately. Although I think Whitmore is pretty high up there, too. But he's not the athlete that I'm in is, but... He's really good. He'd be the best athlete on the team, like, by far. Whitmore? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by Both far. of them. Yeah, I mean, Amon will be the best athlete on most teams he's on, outside of, like, Memphis. But, yeah, it would... There's there's some guys. There's some guys in this draft. And then there's there's other guys in there, too, that are interesting. But if you want... I mean, to me, the top four would be insane if you got any one of those picks. I think you'd feel really, really good. And then you're going to have to rely on Sam to to find somebody outside the top four. And he did it before with, with Giddy. Uh, also, like, shouts to, to Josh Giddy, who's been really, really good lately. Mm-hmm. 
he's put together a great stretch of basketball. Well, they're playing well together, which is the most encouraging thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they are finally playing like basketball that looks like, oh, okay, I see it now. You and know? This, it, it makes sense, though. They just did not get a lot of minutes together last year. Yeah, that's true. This was the first year that they actually get to play real games together against a bunch of different teams. Because mm-hmm. it's not it's not just minutes. It's minutes with a variety of different kinds of teams that you're playing against. Yeah, without a doubt. And teams that are... It's, it's good that it's working right now because everybody knows the tendencies of both players mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Where last year there were parts of it that looked really good, but no one had any clue how to guard Josh Giddy or what he was going to be. And he's such a unusual player but now like everything's in the scouting report like yep. here are the five things that josh is trying to do like we we are taking away all five we're going to make him do something different and, and he's, you know, he's starting to figure it out he's starting to figure it out and it's also just that dude is a hustle player too he's, there's a lot of plays that just come from him not quitting he's played really hard lately yeah yeah i've been very which I, I just keep going back to that interview you had with this uh, dad's teammate, I can't remember his name, uh, from Australia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just thinking about like how much of his dad's DNA is imprinted on him as far as that hustle, the, yeah, you know, that side of it, which is, I think, can we at least be honest about the fact that none of us probably like, even though we love what we saw from Giddy as a rookie, you never thought he was going to be a primary scoring option. No, you always knew that he was going to have his value in that stuff. The intangibles, the assists, mm-hmm. the rebounds, his size. He should be able to guard. I mean, he should be able to to defend a lot of power forwards, which is to know what they've been trying to do recently is put him more in the middle of the defense. And yep. there's just a lot of those kind of less sexy parts of his game that I think are going to be what make him such a key player for this team going forward. Yeah, he, in the last five games, 15 points, 8.8 boards, five assists, only 2.6 turnovers, shooting 45% from the field, 50% from three. Mm. He's played really well. Yeah, he has. And it's it's stuff that comes at, like, good times in the game, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not just you look at it and you're like, oh, Josh Giddy is shooting well. It's like you kind of remember all those threes that he hits. He's driving a lot. Yeah. And this is why, like, a Cam Whitmore or somebody like that would be so crucial is, like, if he's occupying the the corner or occupying the top of the key or something, like, he's going to open up space there and somebody for them to throw to whenever mm-hmm. they're driving. Because, like, right now it's it's Isaiah Joe, and he's a, he's a good shooter. But if Isaiah Joe is, like, your release valve, like, you have a – there's a ceiling on your team. But next year, let's say it's, like, okay, Giddy drives. Okay, the other four players on the court are SGA, Chet, Cam Whitmore, Isaiah Joe. Yeah, you're like, okay, yep, I, yes. Yeah. Yep. This team has been hindered by space intentionally. And non-shooters. Since 2008. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong about that, but yes. <laughs> That's true. But intentionally in the last few years is you you don't have spacers and you don't have rim protection. And it's yeah. the reason they've been as bad as they have yeah, been. Yeah. yeah, Which is fine. It's totally fine. Hey, let's go to, uh, before we go to Tayshawn's Factoid Victory Dictionary, let's uh, take a quick break. And we're back from that quick break. It's time for some Tayshawn Factoid. Tayshawn's Factoid Victory Dictionary. Tayshawn's Factoid Victory Dictionary. 
Hello, I'm Tayshawn. This is my Christmas victory dictory. I just want to talk about Christmas time because I'm I don't know if we're gonna do a podcast next week, but we'll see. Maybe we will. You just don't want to. I mean, kind of feels like you're saying you don't want to. I just didn't know. I don't. I don't remember how holiday season is. I'll be here. We can do it. I'll be here too on Christmas. Well, apparently we're podcasting on Christmas Sunday. Sunday Sunday morning. Can't do that one. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Okay, you don't care about the pot. Uh, do you guys have any weird uh, Christmas traditions, or would you like to start some weird Christmas traditions? We actually have a question that kind of helps with this a little bit as well. So this is from... No, you're good, man. This is perfect. This is from at Peterman33. says, what is the worst common holiday tradition? Mm, the worst one. So let's start with the worst one, and then let's talk about what are Christmas traditions that you would define in your own life? Uh, presents, I like that one. Presents, a Christmas tree. I like good a, one. Good, it's a good one. Tree. You know, actually, that's. <laughs> I try to keep the Christmas tree up in our house as long as possible, and Kate, oh, Kate is like, no, it is not Christmas anymore. We don't have it up. Yeah, but yeah. I just won't help take it down. So yeah. sometimes that prolongs how long <laughs> it stays up. My wife, my, my wife, she. Would prefer that we tear Christmas down Christmas Day, like in the evening. Oh, she's done. Come on! Wow, but she's also an early. We put it up November first. Mm. Oh, thank you. So, um, yeah, I try to leave it up too, but you're supposed to technically wait twelve days after Christmas. That's what that is. Really? But, yeah. Why? Oh, really? Epiphany, man. Epiphany Sunday. Epiphany. Yeah, that's when. I've never heard. Okay. Of this. Well, that's wow. Fine. That's okay. That'll be for my my other podcast. The 12 days of Christmas actually start from Christmas for the 12 days afterwards. What? Yeah. Okay. Bring us a figure. That comes after Christmas. Technically Advent to Christmas and then Christmas for 12 days. Wow. I could be wrong about that, but I think that's what it is. I mean, it makes sense the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. Oh, when oh, the yeah Christmas starting, and then yeah. you should celebrate Christmas after twelve days. Yes, it's weird until Epiphany. Epiphany is when the wise men visited Jesus. So oh yeah, he epiphany. would they wouldn't have been there like the technically second. we should be celebrating it for like two or three years or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, Instead oh. of twelve days. That's technically, it should be in June or something. <laughs> Could Who knows? be potentially true. So, yeah. uh, what are other common holidays apparently other than the calendar? Well, uh, I don't know. What is I like that most. I like most holiday. I like most Christmas traditions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like most of them too, but I'd like to incorporate a shopping. Few, a couple. I like less shopping. Less shopping. Like for less sure. stuff oriented for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Listen, Jay, I want this. Okay, what's your weird one? You want to have, you got some I weird want, ones I on got your one. mind. I got one. Yeah. Okay. And I want it. I have a family of four now. Yeah. And so I want to start having like movie night. Yeah. But I also want these little hard-boiled egg uh, holders. You know okay. what I'm saying? The cups, oh, you know? Okay. And then you crack them open, but kind of easy. The The yolk is runny. And I want to have toasted bread that are cut like strips. Okay. And I want, us, and I want them to be uh, buttered with 
uh, some other stuff on it. And What's I want us to right all now? dip them. I just want to have hard-boiled egg night at Christmas. Yeah, I don't that, know why. That's not a hard-boiled egg if it's got runny Right, right, right. Milk. That's true. It's a just a boiled egg, I guess. Not even that. Well, it's just a raw egg. Partially boiled egg? Partially boiled. Yeah, yeah. It's boil, It's cooked. That's an that's a over-hard egg. No, it's still like an over-medium egg. You know what? I'll figure out exactly what it's called, okay. but I think yeah. we all know what it is. You're about dipping the toast in the yolk. Yeah, yeah. Dipping the toast in the yolk, it, specifically in these little cups. And we have them all, and they only come out for Christmas. You want a toad in a hole. Toad in a hole? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I just I want figured, a toe in the hole. I'm <laughs> pretty sure I just figured out the answer to Peterman's question. Uh, what is the worst common holiday tradition? If that's a tradition, if that's that's I don't think that's that common. By far the worst. I don't think that's common. What I are just, the worst? Like what that. are the worst ones? What do you not? What do we not like about Christmas? I don't know. All the family. <laughs> <laughs> we're at a point this year, man. It's wild. Like, so we're not going to Memphis, which is where Nat, my, yeah. wife, my wife's family. Me, Memphis. My wife. My wife. Memphis. My Memphis. Memphis. My Memphis. No. My Memphis. Anyway, so my Memphis. It's, it's hard for me because of my job to go anywhere on Christmas Day or to go out of town that week yeah. or that day. Yeah. I mean, it's not hard. It's impossible. I'm not going to. And so it makes it to where for Christmas this year, it's going to be like three of us. Yeah. And so what's cool, we're trying to create That's a some, dream. We're trying to create some new traditions. <laughs> we're actually like inviting over friends. Like we have some friends that they have family, but they don't have a great relationship with them. So they're there yeah. for like two hours in the morning and then mm-hmm. they, I'm like, come over, let's That's have a great, let's have a night. Let's yeah. do dinner or something. And so I'm trying to create some holiday traditions, but, uh, I don't know what's a common, the worst common or best common holiday. You had a question, Taylor, and I'm sorry. Yeah, we. Could, I mean, it's. All, I just wanted to talk dis- about Christmas. You, I got so derailed by your discussion. We do. No, I think we're we're in it. We're we do like it. a whole evening where we decorate cookies together mm-hmm. at my mother in law's house, and it's great. That's we, great. Oh, my kids like that's the thing that they talk about like the most. It's like doing that, and she has like a thousand different icings and all these things, and she'll make like two hundred fifty cookies for just like the. You know, seven Doesn't of us. She also make like killer cinnamon rolls or something. Killer, yeah, killer, so good. So that's also part of our tradition is that we do a uh, Christmas breakfast. It's like almost like Christmas brunch instead of doing like our traditional like turkey or ham or whatever. We just do like a casserole and bacon and that might like be my least favorite also. common holiday tradition is, is the, that you do thanksgiving again yeah the, yeah. the meal that ha- has been historically part of our experience yeah. i'm kind of out on that yeah we we, we we try to get creative we bucked it. that trend we're like we're we're not doing that we're not participating ah, in christmas that. spaghetti sure christmas uh <laughs> mexican food christmas mexican food that would be my wife's dream my wife. My wife. That's the third time. My Mexican my, food. My dream is to be uh, Jewish and eat Chinese food on Christmas Day. That's a weird one. You can do that. Yeah, I know. Jewish. I like that. I'd like that. Can you? Maybe we eat the eggs and bread at lunch and then Chinese <laughs> food at dinner. <laughs> You're going to have the, wor- the weirdest smelling house ever. <laughs> and then Christmas spaghetti for breakfast. Gross. I like it. I do like doing I like brunch. this. I'm such a breakfast guy. Me I'm too. Like, Let's just do cinnamon rolls and oh, sausage and bacon. I'll, I'll, and yeah, I'll, I'll fire French up the griddle, toast. get some yeah. get some pancakes going. Yeah, it's great. It's a great. Time. That's the best holiday tradition it's, now. It's awesome. Yeah, and we don't go anywhere. That's the other thing on Christmas. We don't go anywhere. We yep. just stay. Yeah, we made that rule whenever we. My son was part of our life. My, my son. son. <laughs> anyway, we just made the rule like 
Christmas is a big deal to me. Yeah. And so we stay home for Christmas. Yeah, we stay I home. Be, I want to be in my house yep. so that we can get up with the tree and the yep. presents and the Santas. And, yep. and you know what? I really liked that as a kid growing up because we kind of did that too, my family. And you know what I got to do? My Just, family. My family. <laughs> Just play with my toys all day yeah. with no interruptions. Yeah. The worst is like... You woke up at Christmas and you open an Xbox or something, and they're like, "Okay, go get dressed for church." You're like, mother. Well, that's yeah. happening this year. It's a Sunday for some people. Yeah. Very God. few people go that, to church. I could not stand. Well, it's that. like, girl, let's go be at grandma's all day long, and yes. that's the more frustrating yeah. one because you know it is Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> As uh, you know what, what though? What's the worst common holiday tradition? <laughs> Seeing your Freaking grandma. Celebrating the birth of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, as a kid, as a kid, did not like it. No, without question, that's a struggle. We're doing a PJ Sunday, so you can show up. I bought a onesie. Oh, I nice. probably, I don't think I can actually wear you it. You can do it. No. Oh, I know what's happening. Yeah. You're going to be on stage and there's going to be. In a onesie. You're a gonna lot s- of stuff. Imagine, you, it's not going to take much imagination is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wear some shorts. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well that was uh, Tayshawn's factoid. John's factoid, bigger and It's supposed to be really cold Christmas. So cold. Oh, then definitely wear shorts. Like tens. Definitely wear shorts then. All right, it's time for some Twitter questions. Twitter questions. You got questions and you ask them on Twitter. Discord questions. Discord questions. Maybe we do need to do that. Yeah. Uh, our first Twitter question comes from at Giddy for Giddy. What's Isaiah Joe's serial rating? What does that mean? So is he? He's on a Cinematos Crunch. He is, I think, middle of the pack. I like the potential of what Joe could be for this team. I mean, like to have a lights out shooter that can stay on the floor defensively. Yeah. So it's something I, that I every mean, single I, contender needs. Like if he can be our like Reggie Bullock, you know, great. Great. I'll take it. Yeah, I think he's uh, a Cheerios. What? Cheerios with blueberries. I don't do fruit in my cereal, man. Why not? It's a you should you should. No, I don't. You don't like fruit? I do like fruit. I like fruit, all types of fruit. Uh here's Why the don't deal. you do it then? Um against it. Oh, nothing. It's just a. It's just weird, man. It's not. It's not weird. Uh, it is to it me. It is delicious. Like blueberries and my fruity pebbles. No, no, <laughs> no. That's disrespectful. The amount of hate that fruity pebbles got or gets is so unfair. Um, I would say I just not a Cheerios guy. I'm a honey nut Cheerios guy. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, okay, I get it. You don't put fruit in that. You you put it in bland cereal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grape nuts with blueberries, and it makes it good. It makes like Cheerios good. You gotta trust me. I'm not going to. I'm gonna agree to disagree. It's funny as I say that, and then I put blueberries and bananas in my. Oh, I do put bananas in cereal. Okay, that's that fruit. Yeah, it's okay. fruit. It's a fruit. <laughs> I I do put. I my go to breakfast is overnight oats. 
Oh. Which I put blueberries in, which yeah. I'm like, that's basically it's bland a cereal. cereal with, yeah. Yeah. It's exactly yeah. It so, yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's yeah, delicious. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, at Grayson Wilbanks, what are your thoughts on Trey Man? Nervous. Yeah, I wonder about. He only the, got five minutes in that last game. It's the least amount he's played. You're definitely not going to be able to figure anything out if you're only playing five minutes. Yeah, I wonder about his back. Yeah, that's one thing for me though. I'm like, why not just sit him then? If it's genuinely a problem, just put him on the like, put him on the. Yeah, I don't injury know. report. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's also harder to get shots on this team than it was last year to get shots. Yeah, as like a as like a ball handler because you, what, you have like J Dub now is like taking over that. And he slot. should because he's and also J Dub deserve. We'll talk more about him in a minute, but like he deserves more shots. Yes. every single night. His mid range game is really good. Yeah, he like knows, really good. He knows just how to get to his spot. Knows when to rise up. Yeah, if he if J Dub and this is what's crazy. I mean, if he develops a consistent three point shot, shoots between thirty seven to forty percent from the three point line, that dude's going to be elite, Mm -hmm. like an elite six man. Or I don't know, you could figure out how to put him in the starting lineup. I think, but you have to sit Dort. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, I'm worried about Trey Mann, and I think one of the common things you're hearing in the Thunder world is whether or not a time in the G League would be helpful or hurtful for him. Do you have an opinion on that? I don't think they'll do that. I think it could be helpful if he could go there and catch a rhythm. I think it could be helpful. I don't know what that would like mentally what that does for somebody. Yeah, that's the only question. When do they have to make a decision on extending him or giving him a quality? Oh, he's only in year two. I mean, one more year. He's got four years. You know, I mean, you can wait. I mean, he'll be unrestricted. He'll be restricted. So, like, just like with Baisley this year, like they haven't made a decision on him, but he's still restricted, and so you still have an opportunity to offer a contract and the opportunity to match. But I mean, at this point, if Trey is this kind of player, like this kind of player doesn't get another contract you know if this is who he is so like undersized not a shooter that isn't shooting well you know those guys don't make it and the truth is like somebody is not going to make it yeah that's just like it definitely feels like him at this point it's the nature of the draft and that's what it feels like right now he could turn around if he he could start tonight and play really well off the bench and have 25 yeah, points off the him, bench. You just don't know. You've seen him be the microwave score before. Yeah. Right? Was it the Boston game last year? We had like 20 and a quarter or something like against, that. Yeah, Boston. He was unbelievable. And I'm not like out on Trey Man at all. No. I just, he needs more time. This is one, this is a question that I think we visit again at the end of the season to see how we feel questioning it's okay to like take note of like how someone's playing in mid-december but it doesn't necessarily determine like what you know the actual outcome is going to be right. so i think we wait to figure that out uh at dort Poy, would you be surprised if Dub ends up the t- in the top three of his draft class what if Dub is the jalen brown type of player that andrew and alex spoke about in the previous pod so if you're looking at the 2022 draft Guys, you feel confident that you could project that their ceiling is higher. Paolo, Chet. Paolo, Chet. Keegan Murray? 
Mm, not really Keegan. Ben Matherin, for sure. What about Jabari Smith? He's got a chance, but he's just not a decision maker. And I think it limits him. Shaden? Shaden could be one. Yeah. That and takes then off. your Dyson Daniels. Dyson Daniels is really has been he's been good. Like he has a chance to be that that good or better. I think well. it's not out of the question to say he's a top five in that draft. Yeah, I think maybe great. already as far as performance. Mm-hmm. I don't know who else is. Well, AJ Griffin is somebody else that we he's been playing really well. Yeah, he's been good. Tari Eason is another one. I'm not a Tari Eason guy. I will never be a Tari Eason guy, but he's played well this season. Um, Walker Kessler has been really good too. Yeah, which is kind of shocking. He kind of is what he is. Yeah, he's been crazy efficient. I think he's shooting like 70%. And apparently the area. rim protection transfer like transitioned. Yeah, I mean, he was incredible in college as a rim protector. 4.6 blocks per game. It's insane. It's, yeah, that's bananas. It's insane. But yeah, I think I think he's got a shot. That's a bold take to say that he will be third. Yeah. It's a bold take because that's you're saying like definitely better than Jabari. Like Jaden Ivey's another one we haven't talked about. He's been better than Jaden Ivey this year, like in so many ways. But like Jaden with his athleticism has a chance if he can put it together if with like efficiency stuff, like he could be better. Yeah. Than J Dub yep. is. So it's gonna take a it's gonna take got it's gonna take J Dub like taking a pretty big leap in the next couple of years. And it's gonna take like Jaden Ivey not getting there not doing the and same like, and like ben mather and this because like if Maybe this his, is who he is yeah. then like that's one yeah. that's a really good player but jw's got has a chance to be better and i think that the general premise of this question is thunder fans should absolutely be thrilled with what they are already seeing in jw he's so good and he's so efficient as part of that what you have to be thinking is all right so this what is his future because he will grow he will change his body will develop his he's gonna get stronger he's gonna he, get better more he's coaching get smarter. more instructing like yeah. I, th- I think that he is going to be a uh, a critical piece in this team like he's one of those guys that now i put up with like it would have to be a crazy get to move him yeah like, j-dub chet Giddy, Shay. Shay. Those are my untouchables at this point. Yeah, I think that's right. I think those are the four. I don't think there's anybody that else that you should include in that list as of today. It's pretty wild that they got that guy at 12. Yep. Yeah. And from everything we've heard, is that was like Sam's guy. Yeah, seems like it. I mean, they, they took him at 12. You know, it seems like it. Uh, at Me Love Thundamo... Would you even want Wiseman if he became available? Or is he not enough of a new Thunder guy? I think he... Uh, I'm probably going to be the one guy on the podcast that's more intrigued by him. But I think what me, Love, Thundamo is alluding to is correct. Mm-hmm. In the sense of he's not enough of the new Thunder guy. Where it's... When you have to give up real stuff for him, too, is the other thing. Like, I don't think they'd give... Everybody's like, well, Kenrich Williams. Like, they're not going to trade Kenrich Williams. Yeah. They're not going to do that. But I don't even think that's something that moves the needle for the Warriors, like, without something else attached to it. Yeah, you have to have a pick. Yeah. And, I'm and not I don't know if Wiseman's that no. guy. I'm not giving up a pick no. for James Wiseman. Also, you could probably just pull a Marvin Bagley and wait. If you really want him, just do him. what the Pistons did. 
I'll just wait. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, you're not going to extend his contract. Well, we'll just wait, and then we'll throw whatever at you to yeah. get him. Yeah, he'll likely be available, and the Thunder will likely have cap space yes. by this time. It feels very much like Bagley. Yeah, he's... Without maybe as much drama as Bagley had, but... Yeah. I mean, if you're not successful in Golden State, who has such a track record of... I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy about that. But if you're even a decent player, I feel like you contribute on that Warriors team. Like Unless, they won championships with Mo Spates and Kevon Looney. Kevon's good. Uh, yeah, he is. But I'm saying Wiseman was pretty consensus, like one of the better bigs that came out in a few oh, years. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. So and, it's like there's something more going on. Or he's, or you, I mean, I think the counter argument is the fact that he's not going to get the same opportunities. He's not going to get the same opportunities because of playing for the Warriors. It's a tough environment for development for these guys. It really is. That's where you kind of feel for those guys because there's a ton of pressure on them. Yeah, so that's fair. The the fan base is huge. This is a giant fan base. That's one of the more vocal fan bases in the NBA. And if they even tune in a little bit online, him, Kaminga, Moody, those three, like you'd be hard-pressed to find like great stuff about you online yeah it's hard you just watch a guy and this is not apples to apples and i understand that but you watch a guy like austin reeves in la where you're like that's a hard environment he is tremendously under the microscope yeah yet he comes in not a high talented talented guy i think what did they get him in the second or is he undrafted free agent i think he was undrafted so you look at you look at him and he came in and like i just sometimes i think just being a baller or a basketball or hooper but he's the type of player that LeBron's always thri- for sure, thriving. For sure. But that's what I'm with. wondering. Like somebody that should be able to rim run, but if you can't play defense consistently, you you cannot play for the Warriors. Yeah. And I know I can imagine that Draymond is really hard to if you're not bringing it. I can't imagine that that's the easiest place to have like a graceful entry into the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I would give it a shot, but that's just me. It depends on what you'd have to give, obviously, but. I like the potential of Wiseman, and I like the fact that here he would have far less pressure, more time to develop. Could he be a, a counterpiece with Chad at some point long term? But then you're going to have to, if he does develop, what do you, the amount of guys you're going to have to play and pay yeah. becomes, and you don't want to do anything that would limit Chet's ability to be on the floor. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a Wiseman guy. I wouldn't do it. Um, at Austin, Austin Woolish. If Poku is really a 40% three-point shooter, then what is his ceiling as a player? I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of comps is what I'm trying to think of. Yeah. I think he's, I mean, ideally, for what this team is developing into, you want him to be a role player that is... Could he be a Joe Ingles? Yeah, I think Joe Ingles is a really interesting comp for him. Yeah, that type of guy who's a connector on offense and can handle a little bit. Yeah, I think Joe Ingles, I think like a skinny Boris Diaw is another one yeah. that I think is interesting. Like that kind of player, those are not like high usage players. And I don't think that Poku, unless something crazy happens over the summer next year, is going to be a high usage no. player. And not that you even need another high usage player. You know, if he's just a guy that hits corner threes, that blocks shots, that plays defense, that you trust to be out there, which is kind of feels like the road he's headed down. Like, that is unbelievable. And also, like, remember, they drafted him at 17. They didn't draft him at 7. Yeah. He also, I mean, the hope is, is that he never develops some sort of ego to where 
like last night or not last night, but against the Heat, he plays yeah, like Wednesday. no minutes. Yeah, he played eight minutes. Yeah, it's like for him to be able to just still stay on the sideline and be like, hey, I'm in for whatever this team needs to win, which is what a Diaw would do occasionally or Ingles would even do at some yeah. point. You know, it's like, and don't forget for Ingles at least is he had to go through, like he got, wasn't he cut for the Clippers or sent to the, yeah, like he's he, undrafted, got had, cut by the Clippers. He didn't then, really figure out who he could be until he played against the and Jazz. And he was older. Jazz, yeah. yeah. So it's his path doesn't have to be linear yeah. to, to still fill this like high-ceiling role player. Yeah, I I think he's, is as long as he can shoot 40% and defend like he has been, and get, I mean, he's just going to get bigger and stronger as he just gets older. Just, and hopefully, and you're already seeing it, like more in control, yeah, more able to not make the Poku plays that. I think he could be shock you. I think he could be actually like pretty crucial to this team moving forward, as far as like a role player that yeah. is like a release valve for Chet and for Shea and for whoever they get in this next draft and for Giddy. Like he, he's probably a guy that plays off the bench. Yep. You know, because if they can get a guy like Cam Whitmore, then like yeah, Whitmore's your yeah. four. Like that's yep. like that's the end of that, and then. Like, I feel like you've got guys there. But if he can come off the bench and, like, spell whoever for a few minutes, be a guy that can play the three and the four yep. and the five in some spots, it's like, okay, that's, like, awesome. Like, you need those guys. And yeah, he can be kind of a connector. I mean, a connector. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, at C. Martin NBA, would love to hear a status update on how Andrew is feeling about loose fit long-term and his confidence level in Chet's, Chet fixing loose shot diet. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be on Lou for the shot diet stuff for him to figure that out. It's a problem. Well, he's also the the finishing is the strangest one where he's not even like, oh, he's just getting some bad breaks. There are shots where he doesn't even hit the rim attacking the basket. Like to be more in control is all he needs. Like for Lou to shoot threes, whatever, like that's just going to be a reality is he's going to do it. And some of that you need, you don't want anybody hesitating to shoot the threes, but yeah. The finishing where he is just badly missing is the stuff that's the most concerning to me at this point. Yeah. Well, it's just the it's the decision making within it all, you know. And Mark says that they track pretty closely the shot quality of not only their opponent but themselves. And so, my first thought was like, okay, what about Lou Dort? You know, because like the shot quality is like quite low you know there's like some really early shot clock stuff that's contested there's some drives to the rim where it's like you just don't know what he's gonna do his defense is still very good and so this is why like you want to hang on is it if he can be a corner three-point shooter and a guy that plays in transition because he'll have to evolve into that because next year like the shots are going away Pretty significantly. Yeah, and I think that in the same sense that we give all of these other guys the benefit of the doubt of being young, figuring out their role, like this team being a team that is still under construction, like we have to give that benefit of the doubt to Dort as well. Yeah. It's just sometimes... And he's still young too. Like yeah. he's not in his prime. Yep. And for Dort, it's just sometimes his mistakes feel so glaring. Oh, they are. They're so they're loud. When he drives to the rim and he just kind of throws something up, you're like, "What? Like, why?" Especially when you've got like critical moments and Shea doesn't touch the ball an entire possession because yeah. it's Dort 
Yeah. You know, like he no just should, he shouldn't be that. He's got to figure out his role offensively. And I think we talked about it last week too, though, or as well is at the same time, he was clearly missed on offense against the Grizzlies because yeah. he was the only one that's he's, he's the most assertive player on the team outside of Shea. Yeah. They lacked an aggression. I'm, I'm kind of, as far as like long-term with the team, I'm not ready to say anything about that until I see one who they draft in 23 and then what the team looks like with Chet. I'm just not willing to say, like, oh, yeah, he's definitely not yeah. going to make this roster. With Chet, Chet being such a what seems to be or could be a dominant centerpiece in this team, like everything that's happening this year is like a nice bonus, but you can't evaluate it until you see it alongside what will be such a big deal. It's impossible to yeah. know. And so, like, I'm not, I don't think you can make just like giant judgments. I mean, they gave him a new contract. They did that for a reason. They believe in his point of attack defense. And so you have to But get they also him. play him. They play him a ton. Like you, Mark loves Dort. He's a big Dort fan. And you kind of have to take that too. Because like Baisley started his very his first game of the season the other night. There's been a lot of games where he hasn't played. He had two DMPs in the last week. Yeah. yeah then like you know, like, okay, Mark is not the biggest Baisley guy. No, I can't even begin to. I mean, is he? Is he not? I don't know. I don't know what Mark's doing with minutes. So, like, there's something. There's some sort of plan that they have from the beginning of the season. That they want to get a, a really good look at, at everybody, every, at every single guy. Like I bet. So they called up Jalen Williams. I'm assuming he plays in the next two nights. They kind of. I mean, they could use Jay Will, somebody like Jay Will. Yeah. G League, G League Williams. Which he's been pretty good in the G League. Yeah, he's played really well. But man, he's every time I see him on the NBA floor, it's like mm, not game, yet. The game feels really fast. Yes, it looks like everybody's speeding around yes. him, and he's kind of yeah. looking around. Yeah, you know that's okay. Like that's a lot of yeah. Rookies. And so he's a second round pick. That yeah, it we, doesn't work. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. And maybe it take maybe it just takes him a little bit more time. It's hard because especially with him, as you fall in love with this story, it's and so then story. you're like, man, I. Like the whole time when he found out he was drafted and yeah. his, his family situation seems, I don't know, it's just cool. Yeah, but. it's very cool. Yeah, he's a great dude as well. So, uh, all right, Thunder play the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight in OKC. Hope you guys enjoy that game. Uh, we will talk to you guys again on Monday.